produce, to bring into existence by intellectual or creative ability, to make or manufacture, to bring forth, to give birth to. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Another Way. I think this is episode 25, which is exciting because I like the number 25. I was born on the 25th, so it's always been a number that has appealed to me. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm such a dork, but that's okay. Um, we're talking about producing today, which I guess, you know, in many ways you could say that every episode is about producing in some way, shape, or form, because we're talking about creativity, which is creation, creating that whole sort of deal. Um, <laughs> now I'm just babbling. I don't know what I'm saying, but that's okay. Producing. It's funny because when I started writing the, um, oh, hang on. Oopsies. Okay. Oops. <laughs> Didn't have my notes in front of me. All of them. Um, if I were a good producer, I would edit that out, but I'm not going to once again. So, so when I started writing the stuff for this episode, I, um, cause you know, I, I do the definition thing at the beginning of every episode. So I, I sometimes use, uh, the dictionary that this dictionary that my mother got me when I was in high school and it's this huge dictionary, but it's, it's, it, it surprises me every time cause it's super light and I don't know why I'm telling you that, but I am, um, so sometimes I use a physical dictionary for this and then other times I just use my dictionary.com app. And the thing I like about that app is it does have word, word of the day sort of situations. So I enjoy learning a new word. But the word of the day when I looked up the definition to produce was um, fructify. Fructify? 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 Fruit. To bear fruit or become fruitful or to make fruitful or productive, which I took as a good sign to do an episode about producing even if I can't say the word today. That's a problem sometimes. Do you ever run across words that you know that you've read a thousand times and you've written a thousand times, but you've never actually said out loud? And so you have to question whether you're pronouncing it right or not. Whether you're pronouncing it right or, you're, or you sound like, a, like somebody trying to be smarter than they are. And you're like, no, I know what it means, really. I just have never said it. Happens to me occasionally. <laughs> but anyway... So sometimes I think that when we hear the phrase production, we can um, often, I think that often leads to sort of the idea of, a, of an assembly line, which seems counter to the idea of art because we, we have this, you know, whole idea of crafting and that sort of thing. And like, like I, I feel like there's a certain value amongst a lot of people that things that are handmade and individual are better. And I'm not saying that that's wrong because I, I kind of fall into that category too. But I think that that tends to, the, the, the word produce and production tends to kind of strike a, a nerve in some people when it comes to creativity type ventures. And I don't think it has to be that way. And um, here's my reasoning for that. You know, I, I mentioned a few 
episodes ago, I think, this idea uh, from one of Austin Kleon's books where he quotes Theodore Sturgeon, who was a sci science fiction writer, who said, 90% um, of everything is crap. And that is actually, I actually did some further research after that, and it's actually known as Sturgeon's Law, and the actual quote is 90% uh, of everything is crud. But I like crap better, and so do most, pla um, most places that quote it. But I've been completely obsessed with this idea ever since I read it, and I find it freeing. And, you know, even even a few years ago, I probably would have found it really, really daunting because it, it does kind of, there are two ways you can look at it. There's the one that I, the, the way that I would have found it daunting was, oh, that's a lot of stuff I have to do to get one good thing. Because, you know, 90% of everything being crap, that implies that out of, if you do 10 things, nine of them are crap. Which is like, oh no, that's a lot of stuff I have to do. But ever since I've been doing this this creative journey, um, or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> since I've been working with myself and, and working with this podcast and doing these sort of things, I have found um, that it's not nearly as daunting as it once was. In fact, now I, I look at it as okay so if i want to get one good thing all i have to do is write 10 things i have to create 10 things to get one good thing and to me that is just more motivation to do more creating you know and um i don't think it's it's necessarily that you know nine out of the 10 things that nine of them are going to be awful and one of them will be really great it's going to be it's going to fall on some sort of spectrum i mean you look at authors who put out books every year and it's like yeah okay it's not there there are even if they're best sellers like there there's a range of good with them you know what, you know what i mean and so uh, depending on the author that comes out of a lot of practice and such but just think about your favorite TV show, and I think this was the example I used when I first talked about this, of if you have 20 episodes in a season, how many of them do you really remember as really good episodes? Like, without without doing that thing where you watch it again and you're like, oh, I forgot how good this episode was. It's probably, if you've got 20 episodes, you probably remember two that season that you really liked. That's not to say that the rest of the episodes aren't good. It's just that they're not really great. So there's where that law comes in. I see the thing that I love about Sturgeon's law is that it's it's just more evidence that we just need to practice our art in all shapes and forms and ways and means. Because in order to produce those good things, we have to do a lot of bad things. <laughs> that makes it sound like I'm wanting you to break the law. Um, in order to produce some good stuff, we have to do a lot of bad stuff. We have to produce a lot of bad stuff. Because that helps you to get to the good stuff. You know what I mean? It's, it's this thing of, you know, when I think about regrets and people ask you, what do you regret? I don't really regret a whole lot in my life, even though there are things that I'm like, 
oh, I wish I hadn't have done that. Because I do take this view of, of um, I can't do anything about it now. There's nothing that I can change about the past. And everything, the, my life right now is a summation of everything that came before it. And so if I hadn't had the things that I didn't um, like as much, for want of a better word, the things that I didn't regret, I wouldn't be at this this place where I am now that I actually really like, you know, because it, it shapes you. And the art is the same way. You know, if I hadn't written, if, if you don't paint the crappy paintings, maybe it's in the crappy paintings that you discover a technique that you really enjoy. Oy, cats. In the crappy paintings, you discover a technique that you really enjoy that works really well for some of your really great paintings that you wouldn't have if you hadn't done the crap painting. You know, I and with with composing right now, I'm I'm working on because I'm I'm a string player and I'm a vocalist, and I don't really know how to write for the other instruments as well. So what I'm trying to do right now is to sort of practice writing music for other instruments and I'm sending them to people that I know and asking people that I know that plays the, these instruments questions. I asked my, I asked a friend of mine the other night, Hey, this flute line that I've written, how awful is this? And that just gives me more information to make me a better composer down the line. Right. And it's, it's not anything that I'm going to try to get published because it's not good. It's an okay melody. It's fine. But it's it's me practicing to maybe write an actual good flute thing somewhere down the line. It's all about just developing that artistic identity. And it comes back to that thing that I'm trying to constantly tell myself. Just do the thing. Just do the thing. And I know that in a way what I'm... Well not just in a way, what I am abdi ad advocating, abdicating is not the right word. What I'm advocating here is uh, sort of a quantity over quality standpoint. And I know that. I get that. But here's the thing. If, if we accept Sturgeon's law as true, you can't have the quality without the quantity. You know? Um, and I am placing more of a an emphasis on the production than on the evaluation. I'm I'm putting more emphasis on the actual creating of things and less on the editing of things at this point. And I think we need we need that balance. We need the balance of sort of the producing and the evaluating to get our you know, we have it's that thing I say all the time of we have to write to be able to edit, but in order to actually put something out into the world, we have to edit it. Unless it's one of those rare occasions where something just comes out really great the first time, which I don't think even, I, I think that's that transcends Sturgeon's Law. I think that happens like one in a, a hundred times. I think the thing about Sturgeon's Law that we should not fall into a trap with is not that if you do 10 things, one of them will be truly great from the outset. You know, because it's, and you, I run, you run into this constantly where you have a really good idea that just doesn't work. So we, we want to not fall into the trap of thinking that it's a foolproof, every 
tenth plan will be wonderful and the project will succeed beyond your wildest dreams. It's not that sort of thing. It, it still takes work. But um, we need that balance of the, of the producing and the editing and the evaluating and blah, blah, blah. But in a lot of ways, I think it's, it's more crucial, especially if you're in the beginning of, in, in any sort of beginning, in the beginning of your creative life, in the beginning of your process of unblocking yourself creatively, or in the beginning of a new project, I think it's more important to just produce like crazy and not worry about evaluating it until later. You know, I'm, I'm working on a music theory textbook sort of thing right now, and I, you know, and I've talked about this, I think, where I did so much planning and so much planning, and I didn't do a whole lot of producing. And I finally have gotten to the place where I have a complete and full draft. And I just sat, I told myself, it's like, okay, you just have to sit down and you have to finish this draft. So I sat down and produced. And that was, you could call that the beginning of the project because let's take the outlining out of it for, for, for a while. But now that I'm evaluating, it's I have something to evaluate and I have something that I think is really good to evaluate and to tweak. Whereas if I hadn't told myself, okay, sit down and just focus on this and write an entire draft, it ended up being 55 pages that I wrote. And most of that was done in the span of two weeks. Which... Now that I say that out loud, it doesn't sound that impressive. But if you knew my schedule at the time, <laughs> it would be impressive. So just focus and produce the thing and evaluate it later. I th and I think that's the best way to tackle any the beginning of any project because doing that might give you... It's, it's, it's like that thing I said with the paint stuff. It might lead you somewhere that you didn't expect in your planning process. You might get into the actual doing of it and go, oh, that doesn't really work the way that I thought it would, but that's okay. Maybe it'll go, maybe I'll keep going and go this way. And th that whole thing of produce now, evaluate later, produce a lot, evaluate later, is the whole purpose behind the morning pages idea that I steal from Julia Cameron. The whole point. You write three pages every day, you put them away, you read them eight weeks later. The whole idea right here so we're going to take we're going to take a, a quick little break and then we're going to come back and talk about some ways to produce even when you're stuck so this episode is brought to you by horizon creative studio on the web at horizoncreativestudio.com home of the it's the home of, of another way with the podcast episodes and the youtube episodes and the uh, horizon uh, blog which features right now I, I just have music articles up there i'm sorry about the cat right is that yeah i have just have the music articles up at the moment and i'm working on getting posts on all of the topics that I cover in the podcast. So you can check that out if you want to go more in depth with uh, stuff that we talk about here on the podcast. The episode's also brought to you by Great Grand Projects, a creative collective of writers and artists on the web at greatgrandprojects.com. 
So, coming back, we're going to talk about ways you can produce even when you might be stuck. So, I have a lot going on in my head. I have a lot of ideas. I um, There's this term that gets talked about a lot um, in, in sort of writing circles and, and I think it's, I think it actually comes from, uh, it's a, I think it's a Buddhist term with it's monkey mind where it's just, you know what monkey mind is. It's the, oh my gosh, I gotta do this and I gotta do that. It's all of the extraneous crap. I've realized that I have more of a hummingbird mind because it's constantly searching for stuff to do and it flits from place to place and project to project and if it doesn't do that it it dies because <laughs> you know hummingbirds are constantly seeking food because their metabolism is so high and blah 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 so i have so many things that i try to work on and that i want to do and that i want to work on and one of the things that i do to kind of produce and keep myself in contact with all of them are my writing shots and i'm sure i have mentioned these before but what i do is i just i line up all of the notebooks with all of the stuff that i'm working on and i set it i set timers and i do five minutes on everything every day and i've been doing that for i've been doing that for almost two years wow i'm impressed with myself but um I do that every day, or I try to every day. It's the first thing I try to do every day. And I can I can do, I write about two-thirds of a page every time I do that. And it doesn't sound like a lot. And when I first started doing it, I was kind of skeptical. And I after a few weeks, I was like, I, I don't think I'm going to stop doing this. I think this is dumb. I'm not really getting anything done. And then I looked at how many pages I'd written in those couple of weeks, just doing the five-minute thing. And it was rather impressive. And the other thing I like about it, because I'm always talking about how consistency is better than anything. And I always tell, this is one of those things that I should have realized before because I talk about it so much in another area. Because every time I have a, I have a, a, a beginning violin student or beginning anything student, I always say five minutes of practice every day is better than an hour once a week. Even though the hour is more time, it's that consistency that is much better because you don't slide back with if you're doing the five minutes every day. And so doing the writing shots allows me to keep more in touch with what I'm doing. And so I, I think that's a good way to produce. The other reason I like it is because five minutes is not daunting. I mean, okay, some days it's really daunting. It's like, oh my God, I feel like I've been writing forever and I still have three minutes left. Um, but you, you, five minutes is totally manageable for anything. And so I write for five minutes on all of that stuff. And one of the other things I've been doing is um, for my writing practice and for other stuff that I'm working on where I just need topics is I found, I found a random word generator I really like. I, it's either the first or second one that comes up when you Google random word generator. And you can pick how many words it'll give you. And so I just have a list of random words and I do five or 10 minutes on every topic for my writing practice. And I get really 
interesting stuff out of them that I wouldn't ever have written before because they're not words that I would just think of. Like, um, let's find, let's look at the list here. What do we got? Maybe last week's list would be better. Um, fanatic. That's one of the words that, I, that I'm going to have to write about today. And I don't know where I'm going to go with that, but I would never just think of the word fanatic as a, as a topic to write about. And you know, there are books. I, I have I have a book that I got. It's like, it's 642 things to write about or something like that with, with good prompts like that. And I mean, you just Google writing prompts and you can do wonders. But there's something about just that the one word because sometimes prompts get super specific, I find, and it's hard to do anything with them. Whereas a simple, a single word, you can do a whole lot with. See, here's another one from last week. Here, force. You can do so much with for, with the word force. You can go into like forcing um, something into a plug. You can go with forcing uh, friendships. Is one thing I wrote about. Uh, I did. I wrote about how I tried to force choke somebody legitimately one day. Um, that actually happened. I did. I tried to. Yeah. Yeah. I was driving is why that happened. <laughs> but um, like I said, it gives you it gives you options you wouldn't normally think of. I wrote a series of jokes for a, for a stand up friend of mine the other day about the color red. And they were really good, I thought. But I would never have thought, I'm going to write jokes about the color red. That sounds so stupid. But when, when, I, when it came up on the list, I was like, okay, here we go. But it, it was interesting. And so I go to this list whenever I'm stuck. Because I'm not often stuck. That's the thing. When you are doing this every day, you sort of get into this. When you're producing often enough, I find you don't get writer's block as much. Because... There's actually, I think, I think it's one of the artist's way books where she talks about how when you are not creating, the stuff kind of builds up and that's when writer's block happens, which I found very interesting. And I also find to be incredibly true. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, look at this. I looked at my notes and I already talked about that. <laughs> And sometimes to do the production, in any sense, whether you're stuck or whether you're not, sometimes you just have to put the blinders on and just go. Like I said, I've got that hummingbird mind thing, and for a long time, I would do like, okay, I've got all of these projects I'm working on, I'm going to do the shots, and then after that, I'm going to do... I'm going to do a half hour of this, and then I'm going to do 10 minutes of this, and then I'll just do a cycle like that. And that's an effective technique. You know, you, you read about the Pomodoro technique, which is, which is like you do 25 minutes and then take a five-minute break. And um, I got stuff done. But in the past couple of months, I've been trying to just... I, write, I still write out my list with all the things I want to do, but I, I focus more. I put the blinders on and I, and I don't do this rotation thing that I used to do as much anymore. And I feel much more productive because I'm checking things off of the list more. Maybe I'm not getting to as many things as the rotation thing, but I feel I feel like I'm producing more, even though maybe I'm not. 
And sometimes thinking that you're doing something is more helpful than it actually happening. The placebo effect is real in more ways than just in medicine. So put the blinders on and just produce. And again, don't evaluate while you're producing. I don't know why I said why you like that. But, um, you know, don't try not to think when you're going through the writing, oh, this is awful. Save that for later. And if you do think that, don't try and change it. Don't change what you're doing. Just write through the awful or paint through the awful or compose through the awful. Because sometimes, like I said, sometimes you got to get through that awful to get something really good. Yep, so that's produce. Produce. So uh, subscribe to the podcast. Give us a rating. Check out Horizon Studio, whatever it is, horizoncreativestudio.com. Um, check out the web tube, or the, the the web tube. Oh my lord, the YouTube show. <laughs> I did the last. I did yesterday's episode on truth, on al fresco. You know, normally I do them in my living room, but I was on a rooftop and I needed to do it, and I just did it on my phone. So that was fun. Um, yeah, check all that stuff out. Follow me on the stuff at that kj bell on the twitter and the instagram and uh tumblr i'm on tumblr under that name i think that's all i do so uh, until next week it is okay to be an artiste it is okay to create it is okay to be exactly as you are right now i am okay you are okay